Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Rogue Media. (laughs) Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. I uh, just got back yeah. from walking my dog around the neighborhood and uh, had, had had a couple beers and some food and, and yeah, <laughs> great, man. Great. It's basically the uh, the Bell pre-show process. Walk the dog, drink beer, uh, hopefully eat some food, and uh, and then you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. This time I actually got to eat food. That's why I was running a little late because it took a while because the place was packed, but you know. Hey, it's all right, man. You're here and we've got a great show planned for everybody tonight. Um, but first, we've got uh, some uh, some significant housekeeping. And that is, of course, to first start off by saying thank you. Thank you to the listeners who are making this happen. We've got some brand new patrons uh, who came on board at the superhero level. That's the $3 per episode level. We got Harvey Williams. And uh, shout out, of course, to Amanda Moon, who's joined at the hero level, the $1 per episode. Y'all are awesome. Y'all have joined the heroes that are helping to make this show happen. Uh, and you know, one of the great things is, is that if you want to, you can help make this show happen too. If you're listening on the Satchel podcast player, we got a button right there that says be a patron. Click that. It'll take you to patreon.com slash TV talk where you yourself can become a patron of the show, uh, become a hero and unlock additional content. Now that's the thing we've been doing uh, some fun things as we've geared up and, uh, and you know, rolled out this Patreon account. And, uh, you know, we did a couple episodes back. We had uh, the real Bo Garrick, which was me going all day in a get Jay Garrick hat at work and otherwise. Uh, it was live tweeted with the hashtag the real Bo Garrick. And of course, the next tier, which was achieved, I think actually a few weeks ago, uh, was the return of Ring That Grod. And that is, of course, you going around downtown Austin, Texas, wearing the Gorilla Grod costume, a full gorilla costume, and a sign that says free hugs. Now, Bell, first of all, bravo, sir. Bravo. <laughs> I feel like I got the uh, short end of the stick on those. Like yours was pretty easy. Yeah, no, no, no you're right. You're right. In fact, when I was writing it, I, <laughs> I just, you know, I, when I wrote yours down, the thing is that you've worn the gorilla costume. And so we had to, we had to up the ante, you know, if it was just you yeah. going around in the gorilla costume, that's a regular Tuesday night for you. But I mean, you know, if we're talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're trying to make it special, you got to put the free hugs out there. Uh, you had, of course, a camera crew going around. You were live tweeting it. If you look on Twitter for a hashtag ring that grod, uh, you will find this. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, man. What was the response to uh, a man in a gorilla suit with a sign that said free hugs? 
the responses were everywhere. So at the hockey game, I got a lot of like, you know, because uh, the, the first part was ring that girl on ice. And that's where I went to a hockey game in the gorilla suit. <laughs> uh, uh, there were a lot of people, you know, cheering and taking pictures and things like that. So that was fun. Uh, it was very hot in the mask. So uh, that was a, a, a downside. But yeah, so at the hockey game, it was all positive. Outside the hockey game, when I was on Rock Rose in Austin, Texas, the, the, the response was all the way from, yeah, that's awesome. High five hugs to people just straight up like looking at me and then turning around and pretending as if I was not there. (laughs) (laughs) I had a guy, I was like free hugs. And he was like looking like in my direction and he looked at me and then just slowly turned around and pulled his phone out and started looking at it. (laughs) That is absolutely brilliant. Oh man. Well, uh, big, big ups to you, man. No, no better way to gear up for this week's episode than uh, going around town in a grad costume. So, uh, congrats to you for, for pulling that through, but more importantly, congrats to the listeners who have helped make that happen uh, by supporting us at patreon.com slash TV talk. You know, as we mentioned before that, uh, that, that reward and, uh, and the one before it was really just kind of fun getting people excited and, and doing some silly stuff. The rewards from here on out are all about additional content for you. So help us get to the next reward tier so that we can bring you uh, some more stuff. In fact, the next reward tier, if we hit our next reward, we're going to record Arrow TV Talk Season 2. That's right. Arrow TV Talk Season 2. Now, of course, we did a uh, full season of uh, Arrow Season 1 on a uh, on a special podcast that is now uh, no longer available to anybody other than those that are actively patrons of uh, Flash TV Talk. But That's totally good. That's right. That's right. So there are in those uh, episodes all available to anybody that becomes a patron. But so once we hit the uh, the $50 per episode uh, level, then we record a special episode of Arrow TV Talk season two, where we do a retrospective, a super episode going back and looking at Arrow season two. Uh, if you want to see that happen, you can help make it happen again, patreon.com slash TV talk. Or if you're listening on the Satchel podcast player, just click become a patron. That's enough of that. Let's jump into this episode, man, because this one's going to be garage the, the Rundown. Episode 13 of Season 3, Attack on Gorilla City. Directed by Dermot Daniel Downs and story by... Andrew Kreisberg. Hey, that guy. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, Earth 2 Wells is captured while running through the woods. Jesse explains that her father was leading an expedition to Gorilla City that was ambushed. The rest of the party was killed while Wells disappeared. Barry recalls that in the future, Central City will be attacked by gorillas. He, Julian, Sisko, and Caitlin go to rescue Wells, but are captured by Grodd. Speaking through Wells, Grodd asks Barry to help him usurp his master, Solivar. Barry agrees to fight Solivar in the arena for the lives of the others and wins, but refuses to kill him. Grodd seizes control of Gorilla City and prepares an invasion of Earth-1. The team asks Caitlin to kill Sisko so Grodd can't open a portal, but she refuses. Barry fakes his death and Grodd removes him from his cage. He then resuscitates himself and frees the others, and they return to Earth-1. Jesse and her father reunite, and Wally and Jesse recommit to their relationship. Julian asks Caitlin out on a date, and Grodd assembles his army with a brainwashed gypsy at his side. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> All right, man, the long-awaited return of Gorilla Grodd. When last we left, the super-intelligent, hyper-intelligent, psychic gorilla... Uh, he was stranded on Earth 2, having been kind of flushed down the uh, the vortex and uh, and arriving in uh, what was a glimpse, which was a tease, of Gorilla City. Back then, of course, in Season 2, all we had was kind of this profile view of a big stone gorilla uh, overlooking the city. And at the time, we said, I mean, that's writing a pretty big check. And there was even a question at the time as, 
are they ever going to cash it? Couldn't they even ever deliver on that kind of promise? An entire city of uh, hyper-intelligent gorillas, the, in fact, DC gorilla city. Can they do it? And Bell, let me tell you, I took that check to the bank and it did not bounce. I know, right? So I was I was pretty convinced that they weren't going to do anything in uh, in season three for for this whole grod thing. Uh, I was like, okay, you know, they got a lot of stuff they're going on with it. They're eh, probably not going to see it this season. It's going to be they're going to pay off, you know, cash it out uh, later on. Until we talked to David Sobolov, and uh, he kind of like hey, he didn't spill the beans, but you know, he was kind of like, eh, you know, hint, hint, wink, wink, and I was like, hmm, he was tipping the old bean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was kind of like, yeah, <laughs> tipping the. Okay, I, I, I get your reference now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I was kind of like, huh. Well, if Grodd's gonna be in this season, they can't not do Gorilla City. And then I was mm. like, wait, no. <laughs> and and here it is. Here it is. We got it. Like it was. It was oh, crazy. It was crazy. You know, it is funny because they 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 built up to this. I, I mean, I feel like you know Grodd. Even from before the series launched, we had these kind of teases of of Grodd. You know, there was that big poster with all the Easter eggs and uh, written. Uh, I want to say it was either written on the wall or written on the ground. It said Grodd lives. You know, this idea that. Uh, Grodd is existing in this universe. And then throughout yeah. season one, yeah. we got the teases, right? We got, we got Grodd in a flashback with, uh, uh, you know, then Eobard, uh, Thawne under the guise of, uh, Wells. And, you know, and, and there was a the lot Grodd of questions. Yeah. The Grodd cage. There was, a, there was a, t- that's right. Grodd, the, the broken Grodd cage as, as early as the premiere, right? Yeah. And so like, you know, there, there've been all of these, these teases, these buildups. Um, this has been a very interesting take on Grodd. You know, the, the, the concept, I think for, for many of us who are familiar with the comics or familiar with the comic book character, seeing Grodd in almost this kind of primordial, uh, uh, early stage evolution that we've seen him in, in previous episodes is very much a departure from the warlord and the general that we know him to be in the comics, but we've seen, they've spent this time. And I think the fact that, you know, budget is only going to allow you to go this heavy special effects so often they've been able to stretch out that origin story and tell, tell it in their own unique way, especially with his relationship with, you know, uh, who he perceived to be Wells. That, in particular seems of, of significance, especially that, you know, we we've gotten now a gorilla Grodd who is in full control of his powers. In fact, when we were introduced, uh, when Grodd pulls them in, you know, or, or I guess, uh, you know, through his, his machinations and such, when he manipulates them to the point where they all come over and he gets them captured and he gives them essentially the backstory of that gorilla city and how, you know, it's ruled by this warlord Solivar and, and everything, you know, and even even when Sullivar comes in and, and starts like beating everybody up a little bit, you know, I'm like, uh-uh. uh uh, well, let me just ask you about, did you fall for that? It was weird. Like, I couldn't tell if uh, if Grodd was because I, I wouldn't think that Grodd would need help. Right. In, the, in that kind of situation. And so, it, it, yeah, it, it was kind of weird. I was like, why does Grodd need help defeating this guy? Uh, because, you know. Yes, all the other gorillas are, are super intelligent. They all seem to be telepathic as well, which I didn't think they'd all be telepathic. Well, okay. I, I, yeah. I think I think uh, I think Harry in season two says, "Yeah, we have telepathic gorillas too." Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I was I was kind of like, "Geez, Solovar must be pretty ba if if Grodd's you know having trouble with him." So there's there's got to be something more here. And why would Grodd ask for Flash's help? Oh, you, you know? fall for it. You did fall. Then maybe I did. 
Okay. All right. Hey, look, there's no judgment in that. I wasn't buying it at all, though. I mean, like, you know, I mean, again, there's like pseudo future knowledge to the extent that like, you know, obviously they're pulling from the comics. I wasn't going to buy this concept of Solovar as a villain. Uh, in many respects, he is he's kind of the hero of of Gorilla City. He's often the king of Gorilla City um, and, and a, the nemesis of Gorilla Grodd. And so, you know, coming in and him being like, you know, Solovar is a warlord and Grodd's the good guy. You know, I knew at A, I thought for sure he was lying. Then when we see Solovar come in and like, you know, backhand Grodd, I was like, huh, okay, I see what's going on. Grodd has gotten to the point with his psychic abilities that like he's literally controlling like three different people right now. You know what I mean? Because he's controlling well. So you think he was controlling Solovar? I think he was controlling Solovar. I think he was controlling Solovar even in the ring. Interesting. See, I, I wasn't too familiar. I, I knew Solovar and, and uh, Grodd had history. I wasn't fully aware of, of how deep that history went and where, uh, you know, how they interacted together. So I w- it was it was really weird to me for Grodd to ask Flash for help. So I thought something was up there. But yeah, uh, I didn't think that Grodd was masterminding everything and like controlling Solovar, though. That would be really, really interesting. Oh, man, he was puppet master all the way through, all the way through. Like, so, and I even thought I was going back and kind of thinking about his process here uh, in terms of like, why, why do X, Y, and Z? I mean, ultimately his goal is to invade earth one and kind of get revenge, right? Like that's, that's the world that, that abused him. That's the world that he has all this hatred for, you know, the, the fact that's, that's his home world and he wants to return as a conqueror. And that, by the way, that is textbook grod, you know? Uh, And so that, that is Perfect. And so the idea that he, he washes up on the shore, so to speak, of uh, Earth 2's Gorilla City, uh, you know, he gets he gets plugged into its politics. He sees that Solovar is the one in control here, but he doesn't want to just be a puppet, a shadow leader. He wants to be the real leader. And so what has to happen is he has to now manipulate Solovar to the point where the people will now willingly accept Grodd stepping up in his place, thus bringing in the Flash to be the one to fight him as opposed to him trying to take him on, you know, head to head. Because they wouldn't support that if he was like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. I yeah. The 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 level of complexity there is very very neat. That's that's Grodd for you though, right? You know, get right. Wells brings Flash. Flash can't get here without Cisco. You get Flash and Cisco. That's two birds with one stone because he needs Flash to kill Solovar and he needs Cisco to open up a portal so that he can go back. Uh, you know, even though you know, there's a kind of a question as to did he always have Gypsy or or how. What was the manipulation that he that it took to get Gypsy there? But to some extent, that does not necessarily matter. Um, I will yeah. say that special effects in this episode, it has to be said, are probably some of the best that we've seen since King Shark. Well, the fact that the entire arena, that whole thing was all CG. Yeah, the yeah. Well, it was all green screen, rather. It was all green screen. Like for for, for there, there were only a couple times where Flash was standing, you know, and and it was actually Grant Gustin there standing you know, talking to the gorillas and they made it look really good. Like they, they it was, uh, uh, it wasn't like sometimes you'll see, and it looks like an obvious kind of green screen, but the way they blended the lighting with the lighting of the arena, it actually looked pretty seamless. It, it was, it was, and, and that with the, the, uh, the, the freaking animation when Solovar hits the ground, you know, with his, with his staff. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, oh man. Gosh. Like they, they, they wow. knocked the visual effects out. Dude. Yeah. So good. Okay, so that the the staff, do you recognize that? 
Um, no, I feel like I should. So it's like this lightning spear. It's, it's, it's a weapon. Uh, it's a weapon that kind of Gorilla City has. So there's, there's always kind of these ties, these strong ties to Gorilla City and the Flash mythos and kind of, you know, there's, there's a lot of different interpretations there and where the connections come from, but especially after rebirth, they really kind of tied in this concept of almost like this Gorilla City prophecy. And, you know, the idea of kind of like this spear, this weapon that is kind of the, the, you know, the flash lightning symbol, which is also, by the way, the weapon that Eobard uses to murder uh, Barry's parents uh, in our, in the, uh, in, uh, I, I want to say in rebirth, uh, if it might've been flashpoint, but one, one, one or the other. Now I, I noticed the flash, uh, the, the spears, when you go into gorilla city, like the big giant statues of the apes that have the, uh, the spears, I noticed the flash looking like spear there. I didn't notice it on Solovar. Yeah, though. no, that's what Solovar was using, man. Plus he had that, that really awesome, um, the shield. Uh, shield. Yeah, but now the uh, the the uh, the spear in particular, man, really really stood out to me as, as just looking just awesome, just ripped out of the comics, and it was so incredible. Uh, you know, you mentioned, of course, you know, the, this there's, there was a lot of CGI, um, and you know, I, it, it's one of these things that like it worked for me, like like the scenes, the setting, the the um, you know gladiator arena. You're right, it was completely CGI, and and he's fighting, you know, it's Flash fighting a giant super gorilla. That that's gonna happen. <laughs> That's something that's not going to happen in real life, you know? Uh, and so, but, but for what it was, it was incredible. Um, far, far step above, for example, um, you know, Savitar versus Jay Garrick, which in my opinion was probably one of the worst effects on the show thus far. Yeah. Some of those Savitar effects are, are, are pretty cut and paste kind of like, okay, he runs this way and he's dragging somebody. Okay. He runs this way and he's dragging somebody. Well, it's not yeah. even just the reused nature of it. it. There's just something about if if I'm recalling correctly, it's just that the Jay Garrick CGI model didn't. The physics look are weird on it. Yeah, the physics were weird on it. It didn't have the texture, and then also, like I, if I'm remembering correctly, when he like slams into the wall, you could clearly tell that like I don't know. It kind of looked like it was like built in Microsoft Paint. That, that that's that's. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, we know why now because this episode. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And all, the special effects budget all went to freaking Gorilla City, and all, of course, the army of gorillas at the end of the episode. Yeah. Right. Look, this episode was bananas. B a n a n a s. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. Now, here, here's one question that I have, though. Yeah. Uh, and again, I, I, the, the the mythos of Gorilla City, I'm not too well versed on. Uh, despite my infatuation with Grodd, uh, I know send hate at ring that bell. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see now. I, I don't know. And may, maybe this is just, just a, uh, uh, perception that I have that I'm, that I'm broadcasting onto gorilla people and gorilla kind and gorilla city, but, uh, either no gorillas wear clothes or there were no female gorillas in the audience. Uh, and it makes me wonder about guerrilla society and how progressive it is and whether or not they allow females to watch the gladiatorial combat or if it's something that, that, that is only for male guerrillas. Yeah, just interesting that, uh, that you were looking, uh, and also, um, you know, I, I can't really recall, you know, I, I think to some extent, uh, especially in the, the, the justice league, uh, cartoon, uh, when we go to gorilla city, it's not like you're, it, 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 it's giant super powered gorillas. You know what I mean? Like, like let, let's let's just roll with that. Let's talk. <laughs> Biology doesn't matter. But I'm saying they're, they're a super intelligent society. So there's a lot you can learn about a super intelligent society because you would you would figure like that the smarter the society is, the more advanced that they are, and some of the things that they do, you know, 
it, it, it's something you may be able to learn from, either good or bad. So it, I was one of those things I was looking at. Okay, these are hyper-intelligent primates. You know, they're smarter than us. So let's see how they behave in their society. And maybe there's something we can learn from it, uh, good or bad. And it looks like in this case, it was all bad because, you know, they still have like gladiatorial combat. And like, uh, yeah, if you the equivalent would be, I guess, what if you if you kill the president, then like you become the president. <laughs> Is that how this works? Well, I don't know. necessarily, because Barry wouldn't have become like the de facto ruler. He just would have, you know, killed killed Salivar, and then Grodd would have stepped up, uh, probably ah, killing yes. the Flash. I would imagine that's the dominoes he wanted to see happen. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, man. Okay, so Flash, of course, he does get his crew together um, with uh, with the goal of hopping over to Earth Two and uh, and saving Wells. Uh, man, what a great! <laughs> how great was it to see a return of uh, of Harry uh, Wells of Earth Two? Can I just say this? It was so crazy seeing both uh, <laughs> HR and Harry in the same episode. Oh man, I've been I've been looking forward to that one. Like honestly, that that I mean, I was excited for you know Gorilla City and everything else, but just the concept of HR and Harry together in the exact same room uh, was just something I was so excited about because Tom Cavanaugh, like not only by the genius, way, not only did he play. Harrison Wells of Earth 2, as well as HR in this episode, he also played Gorilla Grodd. He was cha- channeling freaking uh, David, like his like that Gorilla Grodd voice and everything. In fact, yeah. Tom Cabinet has now portrayed Harrison Wells of Earth 1, Harrison Wells of Earth 2, Harrison Wells of Earth 19, Eobard Thawne, and Gorilla Grodd. He has now portrayed over five characters on the exact same series, and it, had, it has not even been three full seasons yet. And and I think he did a better job uh, portraying Grodd than Cisco did. Oh, than Cisco did? Well, yeah. I don't know. I that's mean, not, that's not that's not to speak ill on uh, you know on, on Cisco, but I I just think that uh, that Tom's performance was, uh, you know, God, he's just so good at he's that. So it's crazy, freaking good. Give that is is is, is Emmys? For, do you do Emmys for television? Uh, yeah. Are those Grammys? So. Do you do the Grammys or the Emmys for the television? Grammys is music. Give, give him a Grammy too. You know what? <laughs> Let's see what he does yeah. in the musical episode. But musical episode yeah. <laughs> all the awards, all the awards for Tom Cavanaugh. He's, he's fantastic. That man is a treasure. Uh, but yeah, no, he, um, but of course, you know, they, their goal of course is to um, save Wells. And uh, so they get the whole crew in together. They all determine the, uh, the, this, this I found kind of interesting. So Barry goes to earth to uh, asks for Jesse to stay back so she can help out Wally and protecting earth one. Um, Wally and Jesse, uh, their corny relationship. I, I, I thought that was kind of a theme going on, uh, w- with them, which was, what's the cheesiest line that I could say right now? And that's what I'm going to say. I have said this on Legends TV talk repeatedly. This is a CW show. You got to ship something. I mean, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Look, it's, it's not, it's not that I'm not anti-shipping. It's just the way their court, their courtship is a little uh is, has been a little cheesy and and also uh, i mean a little forced i mean they they you know yes they had kind of like this this nice like all this time to kind of like be put off by their dads and so they kind of bonded before but i feel like a lot has happened since then so to kind of jump from that to i love you is a little rushed right maybe they're moving a little quick <laughs> just like what i did there i, I did i did <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I do find their their relationship a, a tad forced. The other thing too is, you know, I've I've stated on the show I would love for Jesse to stay on Earth One and be a regular on Team Flash. But at the same time, something struck me this episode, and that is that if Jesse does stay on Earth One, 
then Earth 2 has no Flash. Like, Earth 2 has no Speedster. Well, maybe they don't need one? Uh, uh, zooms come from Earth 2, plus a ton of, uh, of breachers came from Earth 2. The fact that they didn't address that now that you're bringing that up is kind of is kind of weird. It seems it seems like that's something that you might want to talk about because it's not just I love my dad and I got to tell him that I want to move to Earth One. It's like I love my dad and I love Wally so much that I'm willing to just throw Earth Two into the hands of raving lunatics. See, that's what I'm saying. And the other thing is, why is she coming? Like, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I get it from a storytelling level. I want her on the on the team, but the question is. Like, why would she be the one to come over here? Why wouldn't Wally go over there? That would seem to make a lot more sense. Because uh, Wally has more people that are closer to him. He's got a, he got his dad, his sister. That's two. Whereas Jesse, uh, only just has one got family that like a year ago. But, but I will give you that. I mean, the, <laughs> right now, I mean that's true. But right now, he his focus is about you know saving Iris, right? So, but I mean, like you know, yeah. But look at it this way, though. Uh, if Jesse comes over to Earth One, at least for now, uh, she can also learn from Barry, just like Wally is. Yeah, but I, I look, Jesse. Remember, on Earth Two, Jesse's a genius, and like, and by our standards, she's a super genius. Like, there's not a whole lot that that Barry can really teach her. Um, he gave her about the speed force. I don't well, know. Okay, about the well, but but think about who's. I'm not, I'm not talking about like science. I'm talking about speed. Yeah, force. but she's got Harrison Wells, and I, I, in all fairness, I know that Harrison Wells is not necessarily Earth Two. Harrison Wells is not necessarily like, you know, a speed force genius that Eobard was or anything like that. But I mean, like you know, in terms of that kind of stuff, he he's a he's good. She's got her Wells. You know what I'm saying? She doesn't need she doesn't need Barry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if anybody should move over, it should be Harry. Oh, man. So Harry, I, I would love for him to move over. I was actually, you know, I was a little worried that we'd spend the entire episode with him being kind of uh, controlled by Grodd. Um, but, you know, the the reunion with him and the team, I felt it, man. And again, I mean, I know we've gushed already, but it is it is a testament to, to Tom Cavanaugh's character in the sense that we've been spending time with you know, a version of that character from another earth, the exact same actor, but it's a completely separate character. Like the fact it's so crazy. It really is. It really is. And I got, cause I got, I got so used to HR, right. That, uh, as soon as Harry came on there and I see him and I'm like, Oh my gosh, these, these are two, like it's, 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 it's not, it's, it's like, I'm seeing literally the HR wells from another earth. Like that, that, that's how it feels. It's not like I'm seeing Tom Cavanaugh play two characters. Like I'm seeing two different people. Yeah, you know. totally. Well, yeah, what's yeah, been great does, too? Brilliant. What's been great too is to see the car- uh, the act- actors play off that as well. You know, uh, seeing, for example, Jesse uh, dealing with. I mean, she it, you know she'd met HR before, but seeing her spend a little bit more time with him and not being freaked out by the fact that oh, this isn't my dad, even though he looks at it. You know, I, I remember when. Uh, you know, we, we found out that Earth three Jay Garrick is, you know, essentially Henry Allen. Uh, that was going to rub like I was going to have a hard time getting through that. But, you know, seeing Barry dealing with Jay and recognizing this is not my dad. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, yeah. That is now almost like doubly validated. Now seeing Jesse deal with HR and recognizing that's not my dad. Like they, they play that yeah. really, really well. It helps. It helps with the character. It helps them, you know, uh, validate the character, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so while they are, you know, we do have this amazing fight scene between uh, Flash and Salivar, and and you know, we we've got a Grodd who, while 
very much kind of a master of his powers now, still ready to fall for the old bait and switch. They get him with the whole, you know, oh, you know, like I feel like Grodd should stop trusting what Team Flash says. You know what I mean? Like they did this. <laughs> uh, not not with specifically with somebody's dead, but I don't know. I, I felt like maybe he shouldn't have fallen for that trick. But more importantly, I also felt like the line of conversation before that was pretty rough. Um, you know, the, the idea that somebody has to die. Now I get Cisco saying, Hey, if you kill me, he can't go anywhere. It's a brave, brave move, bold move. I'm, I'm down with what's driving Cisco to say that. And I think that that's very heroic for him to even put that on the table. Problem is everybody's looking to Caitlin, like she's got to be the one to do it. Why are we going to let Caitlin do it? Like that seems, she needs to be the exact one that doesn't do that. I think it'd been hilarious because Julian was in the cage with Cisco, right? Right. So if if Julian just like pulled out a gun and just shot Cisco on the side of the head and be like, all right, done. <laughs> what else? <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, Julian was the one that was kind of saying, no, it can't be her. That's crazy. But I mean, like, it, that is crazy. Like, right? I'm, I'm not like, am I the weird one here to think that it's it's weird that that everybody's saying Caitlyn should oh. be the one to kill him? Well, I, I, I okay now. It, 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 Thinking about it again, it, it does make sense now because they took Julian's gun. Uh, everybody else's powers were suppressed except for Caitlyn. So it would have to be Julian killing Cisco with his bare hands. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So, okay. Or Caitlyn can shoot Frost at him. All right. That makes a little bit more sense to me because I, I was trying to figure it out. Like, you know, we're trying very hard to make her not a killer. Why on earth are we trying to force her to kill? But if it is really just the mechanics of how do we kill somebody, you know, other than strangling them. I guess that does make sense because if, if, if Julian didn't, didn't Cisco say that if like, you know, if only if you try or something like that, like he, he wasn't just going to let him kill him or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I see that. That, that, that kind of solves that issue for me. Uh, can, can I also just mention uh, before they, they go uh, when, <laughs> when Barry's asking Julian to cover for him and he's talking about the telepathic gorillas is like, are we going to the Planet of the Apes? <laughs> Are we going to the Planet of the Apes? I love that because he was in Planet of the Apes. Right, right, right. They're yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They're always very good at sneaking those little, uh, you know, nods to the rest of uh, the the careers of these actors. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was great. Thing is, man, with this episode, much of our team was, you know, our teams was separated. Right, we had, you know, the. Uh, the quote-unquote A team on uh, Earth 2, and we had the quote-unquote B team on, on Earth 1. Uh, and so it, it felt like a very different episode from that standpoint. It did feel also like a special episode from that standpoint, reminiscent of when they went to Earth 2 in uh, in the last season, uh, going around taking selfies. Of course, that was a much more fun visit than uh, than this one. Um, however, yeah. you know, I, I do I do like this idea of like when we go to Earth 2, it means something. You know what I mean? Like it's a special thing. Yeah, 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 and because yeah, because it's a special place. <laughs> it's a magical place. Earth too. It is. It is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got we got a lot of fun things going on. Of course, Gypsy is uh, in the hands of Grodd at this point. He's got his armies ready, and it is a massive army that is ready to invade Earth One. So I'm looking forward to next week from that standpoint. Well, speaking of Gypsy, yeah. though. Like and, and here's you know because you were saying earlier, well, why did Grodd take him out? Like they shouldn't be listening to anybody from Team Flash, blah blah blah. Uh, which which yes, you know I would agree with unless Grodd wanted them to escape anyway, which he had Gypsy on hand from the get go. Why would he want them to escape though? 
to lure them into a false sense of security so that they're not waiting for Grodd to pop through. I guess there is a question of why doesn't he just like straight up just kill him? Like, yeah. He clearly wants them alive for some reason. Otherwise, he wants to see him suffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants revenge. That's true. So, yeah, I mean, killing them is not going to be revenge, but watching, having them watch, you know, Central City be destroyed, that would be... No, there's still a question about Julian, though. Because Julian, like, I get revenge on Flash. I get revenge on Caitlin and Cisco. I get, you know, revenge on anybody that looks like Eobard or, or, you know, who he considered his father to be. Like, I get that. But why Julian? Why, when it's all said and done, do we keep this Indiana Jones-looking mother, you know, guy? Like, why, why, why do we keep him? <laughs> just wrong place, wrong time, man. Guilty by association. Yeah, I guess so. And so just not kill him because why would you? Yeah. Okay, don't even waste the effort. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Julian is um he's an interesting character at this point. You know, like he he uh, really wanted to come along on the team. Obviously, he's got the hots for Caitlin. Oh. Uh and uh and so that's that's fun. I I actually of all the relationships we've seen Caitlin have thus far, this one is actually the one that I'm kind of shipping a little bit. Yeah. Cuz Ronnie, I I was never a Ronnie fan. I just I just wasn't. I'm not a big Firestorm guy. And uh, I never, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just... Honestly, I like Jax better. Yeah, well, Jax, of course. But I mean, in terms of like relationships with uh, with Caitlin, I wasn't really into him. Obviously, Jay slash Zoom slash Hunter, like like that guy... That was the worst. That was, that was rough. That's, that felt forced. It seemed forced. Um, it was forced. <laughs> well, <laughs> at the same us. time. <laughs> at the same time. I mean, yeah, that is, that is to some extent, the storyline was kind of forced. But, but... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Caitlin on the rebound. He's the odd man out. That's fine. Whatever. This is the first time that I actually do see like an, uh, some actual chemistry between Caitlin and, and uh, a romantic interest. And, you know, I think they, uh, they do make a cute couple. They've got also the uh, supervillain connection as well, which is kind of interesting to me because, of course, We've known Julian to be a supervillain, or at least we knew that for a short amount of time. We knew Dr. Alchemy to be a supervillain and to find that out. Now we have Julian who's going around putting on Indiana Jones costumes and jumping earths and uh, asking out, you know, Caitlin for steak. (laughs) Has come from kind of this interesting, twisted background into a weird sense of, I don't really know where he is right now. And so I got to ask you, man. In this week's Speedster Speculation. What is the fate of Julian when it's all said and done? Like, you know, is he going to be just an ongoing series regular? Will he return to his Dr. Alchemy ways? Or will he potentially be um, killed, dead? I... I, I I want to just, just to, right off the bat, like most of me is like, he did. Mm-hmm. I, I just think he did. But, uh, because I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if there is, uh, because I think, I think Caitlin's going to go killer frost. And so she's not going to be on the team. Um, Julian probably going to be dead because either that, or he's going to be part of the redemption arc for killer frost. If they go that way. Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like could be, but at the same, I mean, I, I'm kind of leaning towards you, Matt. I mean, like you could, I could see if they wanted to really kind of ramp back into Julian being a villain and him being Dr. Alchemy, you know, maybe him being this corrupted force that kind of pulls her into it. 
I don't see that necessarily happening though. I mean, to some extent it does seem like the Dr. Alchemy storyline is kind of put on hold for a while. I'm wondering, go ahead. I I was just saying like, you know, we've built it. So Julian's a tragic character, right? Because he's, he's doing all this stuff against his will. And so I think uh, there's too much sympathy for him right now for them to go back. Cause like, like how would flash be able to defeat him? Cause he knows that he's this good person. Oh well, yeah. But that makes know. for an interesting story. I mean, like, you know, I mean, it does, it does. But like, I mean, I don't know, you know, if I, I don't know, I just don't see how they're going to end it. Right. It's the other thing too is seems- that, that alchemy is not really a fighter. You know what I mean? Like we've never actually seen him go toe to toe with anybody. Um, he was really just a lackey. Yeah, he's just shooting blasts and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, when it's all said and done, you know, uh, Savitar is the the real big bad here, and so and there could be another Doctor Alchemy. I mean, there there are other Doctor Alchemies. That's 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 that can def that character can go on without Julian having to be the one under the mask. But I am starting to see kind of in that that same vein that perhaps Julian is. I, I'm not saying he's the one that's going to die, but I, I think he may die. Um, he may be the final nail in the Caitlin coffin that is Killer Frost. You know, it's kind of like uh, th- three strikes and you're out. You know, she's she's had this constantly just tragic tragedy over tragedy over tragedy in these relationships, and it has crushed her. I mean, like you know, and I th- I think seeing Julian as somebody who really fought, like you know, I mean, he's 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 fighting with her side by side to to kind of hold back Killer Frost and to take you know walk her through this. And so if he is not only someone who, you know, she connects with romantically, but also someone who is almost kind of counseling her through this don't be the supervillain thing, um, him dying, I think, means she goes full on Killer Frost and may not come back. Uh, she, she kills him. No, I don't think she'll kill him. I, I, I don't think that. But I, I, th- I think I think that would be the way that because uh you know she keeps pushing everybody away like you know be scared of me or whatever and he's like no i'm not going to do that even while she's in the midst of turning he tries to calm her down one last time but it's not enough and she kills him and so he dies and that would be a fate worse than death for caitlin is because she killed the person that she likes or whatever and now she's irredeemable okay all right i i, I see the logic i definitely see the the yeah I, I mean i could see that potentially happening the main thing though is if, if she kills julian and that takes her down the dark path i feel like that too easily sets up a redemption and i don't know that i want to see caitlin redeemed at least not very quickly i mean i would actually love to see caitlin as like a seer like a season-long villain season a rogue even not 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 really a full rogue because i almost like a rogue rogue you know what i mean like there is something kind of uh oxymoronic about the rogues being a group of people that work together. Uh, (laughs) But like, so I would like to see her as kind of a force of nature, almost literally. Um, And perhaps maybe she goes away or maybe, maybe it's one of these things where she goes killer frost, Barry decides he can't stop her because, you know, he cares about her. He loves her too much. Um, You know, she's a sister to him. He ends up letting her go. She disappears for half a season. And then like, you know, the mid season, finale of season four is you know the reveal that she's coming back and she's you know more powerful than ever and now she actually has an evil plan because it is a little rough if if all of a sudden caitlin went killer frost she it's not like oh i'm now killer frost and now i have this evil maniacal plan i feel like she needs to kind of find herself as a supervillain you know like is she going to rob banks does she want to conquer the world 
you know, does she just want to literally just be this like assassin? Does she want to just be this psychopathic killer? Whatever, whatever path, like whatever her villainous career is going to look like, she's going to need some time to find herself. And so I think at the end of the season, if Julian dies and it kind of sends her into this frizzy or, or this, um, this frenzy rather, uh, and you know, flash is kind of forced to let her go in a similar way. Well, not similar, but almost kind of mirroring the fact that he just kind of let snart be out there. Um, I don't know, man. Think of that. Think of that. Think of, think of killer frost. Caitlin becomes killer frost. She's this emotional wreck and consumed by like this dark energy inside of her and this, these cold powers. And then she, she goes off, you know, she like, she gets cast aside by team flash or she like abandons them. And who finds her, who picks her up? The newly resurrected captain cold spoilers. I think that would be cool. That would be awesome. Captain cold, by the way, is still dead. Uh, so far as I know. Um, but if, Legends of Tomorrow found a way to bring him back to life. And then he came on as kind of like this mentor to her. Um, you know, like he's he's the the palpatine or or the the like Obi-Wan Kenobi to her Luke Skywalker, just in a very evil kind of way. That would be fantastic. Like I would love that. And that right there, my friend, that would be a a season-long powerhouse to deal with. Oh yeah. Like 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 Yeah, like Captain Cold could be Caitlin's Wells. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because because he, he's fought Flash, he knows how to defeat Flash, and so he, she could learn from him the best ways to combat who would be her most challenging foe. Well, and there's the other factor too, which is that Snart has walked the line of being both hero and villain, as Caitlin now finds herself in kind of a similar uh, similar situation, which is you know less about walking walking line, but she was a hero. Now she's a villain. Um, and so, you know, if we do get a resurrected snart, depending on how that, that ends up taking place, he may be in a space where he was the hero and now he finds himself back to being the villain. And so like, there's, there's a lot of interesting ways that you could tell that story. I do think those two characters in many respects are kind of made for each other in the sense of for what this, the series is. And I, I would, I'm telling you, look, CW execs, we don't have any in the chat right now, but, um, somebody, somebody call somebody up, make that happen. Cause that would be a <laughs> yes. This is David Sobolov, the voice of Gorilla Grodd on The Flash. And you're listening to Flash TV Talk. I am Grodd. All right, man, we got some great listener feedback in uh, on iTunes. You want to take that one? Uh, yeah. This is from KGizmo88. Uh, and they write The greatest Flash podcast on iTunes. I look forward to listening every week. The hosts are funny and have a lot of insight on all things Flash in DC, and it's become one of my top favorite podcasts. Ah, excellent. Well, we thank you. Thank you very much. It's good feedback. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, praise. We also got an email in. Now, this is great. This is kind of a, a fun theory from uh, 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 Pyrrhic Dom, uh, who goes by Crazy Hyena 25 on YouTube. Uh, he writes and he says, so I had this crazy idea. Uh, because people have been hoping and wondering if we ever are going to see Batman on the CW since Gotham is still going on and we can't get the Bruce Wayne Batman. So I have this other idea. Uh, if they can't use Bruce, how about Terry McGinnis, the Batman Beyond? So basically, uh, so basically, man, what he's proposing is uh, using time travel and perhaps even doing something like uh, having the the Philosopher's Stone, Barry having to throw it back, you know, 
going back into the time stream and toss it. But maybe this time he goes not just to a few months in the future, but actually all the way to the beyond future and meets the Batman of, of, uh, of that era, who is, of course, Terry McGinnis. Terry then comes back with them for maybe two episodes and spends some time in the past and having some fun there with future knowledge and not just future knowledge of what's coming in May, but future knowledge of what's coming in, you know, 60, 70 years. Um, and also with, you know, future tech and putting that in front of Cisco, that could be kind of fun as well. Uh, he says, Hey, if people like this, maybe they could, uh, even get a Batman Beyond CW TV show, uh, because they're going, they were going to make a movie back in the day. Of course, that was canceled for the Catwoman movie. Ugh. And like I said, this comes from Crazy Hyena 25 on YouTube. He's got a, uh, YouTube channel where he, uh, does some video game talk and that sort of thing. So uh, y'all, y'all check it out. But yes, yeah, what do you think, man? Batman, it, Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond on the Flash. Well, he brings up a, an excellent point. So they say we can't use the Bruce Wayne Batman on 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 TV. That's just a, a rule that they come up with. So why not? I mean, yeah, like he said, you know, the Philosopher's Stone gets thrown into the uh, crazy Speed Force blarby blarb, and we have to go find it. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we're in the Batman Beyond timeline. Like, why? Why not? Why not use this other Batman? That that could be an interesting thing. Seeing Batman and the Flash, albeit you know a uh, Terry McGinnis Batman. Uh, I think that'd be a neat concept. I think it'd be something that would be interesting to play with. Uh, I don't know if it would work for like a full season, uh, just because you're going to have to rely so heavily on, you know, old Batman, old Bruce Wayne, but maybe since we can have a young Bruce Wayne on Gotham, we could have an old Bruce Wayne on uh, Batman beyond. So, I mean, who knows? That could be an interesting idea. I would like to see that. That, that, that would be incredible. And actually I think, I think Batman beyond is like tailor made for a live action experience. You know, we've got, are, let me ask you this. Are we batman out to some extent? Uh, I, I kind of want to see more Batfleck just because I think it's an interesting portrayal. It's different than the Nolan verse. And uh, from what Ben Affleck's been talking about, he wanted to focus more on some detective stuff, which is, which is something we haven't seen in a lot of Batman movies. Right. There haven't been a lot of detecting. It's been mainly just fighting and martial prowess, which is cool. But I want to see the greatest detective. He's the world's greatest detective. So I want to see some detecting. Uh I don't. I don't know how much Terry McGinnis like uh, how you know his you know Batman detective skills are like if they're great or whatnot. But uh, I mean, it, it gets better throughout the throughout the series. But for the most part, it's Bruce, right? Bruce is kind of the brain, and Terry's the body. And so there's he's he's a Batman with a different kind of attitude. And he, Terry always kind of reminded me a little bit of Spider Man too. Like he had kind of a Peter Parker thing going for him. Um, uh, yeah. And I, lo- I mean, I really did. I loved that concept. I loved the idea of a future Batman and, and future Gotham and future villains and, you know, what, what kind of, uh, you know, ways to kind of tell Elseworld stories with that sort of thing. I think it would work. I think it would work as a television show. I think it would work as a movie. And I think you're right, man. I think that if they wanted to do a tie-in here or at least explore that character in live action format why not do it on the flash we've already gotten the first live action incarnation of a ton of different dc characters on the flash that have never occurred you know in live action before why not do that i think that's awesome who would you cast as terry mcginnis on the cw's flash i have no idea whoever the you know teen new hotness is i guess at the moment (laughs) (laughs) or actually actually what you do is you just go through and you look up all the people who've been on previous cw shows who aren't currently in contracts to do other stuff and you just hire one of them. Cause that seems like with CW they go through and you know, they, they work with the same people over and over again. That's true. So that's true. But- or I would contact Rappaport casting on Twitter. <laughs> 
that's the cast. cast all the CW stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They probably, that, that would be amazing. That'd be, I'm trying, I'm actually right now I'm looking up a, um, an actor cause I can't think of his name. Milo Ventimiglia. Oh, by, 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 uh, yeah. Milo Ventimiglia. Peter Petrelli. Yeah. The funny thing is if I had just searched Peter Petrelli, I would have found it really quickly, but if I was trying just to remember Peter Petrelli. I could have told you who it was, but that's the thing. Like I was thinking like, what, what did I last see him in? I was like, Gilmore Girls. I'm not searching Gilmore Girls. I was like, all right, so what, what's the last thing that I saw him in? I was like, oh, yeah, he was like Rocky. the Gollum. No, he was the Gollum on, on Gotham. Like, he played a villain on Gotham. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, and so I was trying to – and I, I say that. Like, now I'm looking through uh, – the ogre. That's what it was. Ogre. The ogre. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he was like that crazy – yeah. And, and, he, and he turned Barbara Gordon into like a crazy psychopath killer person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the one. For whatever reason, I thought he was – it was called the golem. But no, he's the ogre. That's what they called the dude. And uh, anyway, but yes, that that is who I would cast as Terry McGinnis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that'd work he's a little old i guess but i don't know i think i think that could be kind of fun he'd, he'd make he'd it good terry mcginnis but let us know what you think uh yeah if you want, do you want to see batman beyond on uh the flash uh tweet us let us know who you would cast as batman beyond on the flash that 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 that, that could be fun to see what you guys come up with all right, good stuff. Well, hey, if you've got some listener feedback you want to send our way, please do so. You've got several ways to do it. Um, in fact, you can even follow us on Twitter at Flash TV Talk. But if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides our outro music. You can check out the rest of his stuff at SoundCloud.com slash Charlie Bach. And don't forget to review us on iTunes, because that's a really cool thing to do. In fact, every single time we get a 10th iTunes review, we give away a free digital comic. And I know some of you are thinking like, no, you don't. I want a free digital comic, and you still haven't sent mine. Yes, I know. I've got you on a list. I'm hopefully going to do that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. And fortunately, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten uh, uh, some uh, some prodding this week and uh, like, oh, I hate to I hate to be a greasy wheel here. But um, you did say that I was like, no, I'm, I'm down. Look, I'm going to get you these comics. It's just, just come on, man. Look, it, my apologies to Greg. You know who you are. My apologies to Greg. <laughs> you, you And by the way, don't ever feel bad about reminding me that I owe you something like that's sometimes you just got I'm one of those people, unfortunately, that um it's not that I don't want to. Do I need to like? Do I need to send you a text every day that says "send out digital comics"? That might. That yes, that would probably be a good idea. All right, I'm gonna start with one right now. All right, make it make it so. And Greg, Greg, uh, Greg, thanks you. Uh, but yeah, no, y'all head over to iTunes, write us a review. It's an awesome way to send some feedback, and it doesn't cost you a dime to do it. But hey, if you would like to spend a few dimes to help out this show, become a patron at Patreon.com/slash/TVTalk. Or if you're listening on the Satchel Podcast Player, just click Be a Patron. It'll take you right there for all of our wonderful reward tiers. Unlock some great stuff, including the full archive of this show and more. Like you know, shenanigans. That's right, shenanigans. An exclusive uh, little mini podcast, whatever you want to call it, for. Uh, for our superhero patrons so uh, if that if that is something you are interested in become a superhero and uh, help out the show for more shenanigans but I think that's enough shenanigans for now uh, and so <laughs> next <laughs> be sure to tune in next week where we'll be talking about all things Gorilla Grodd invading Earth 2 and hopefully all technical difficulties will work out better and things will flow perfectly but until then we'll be back in a flash
Rogue Media. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.